everybody. This is Kimberly. And this is Katie. And you're listening to A Date with Dateline. I'm excited about this one. Yeah, it was good. I liked it. Let's just jump right in. No ad-libbing. No topics. Just nothing. No morning announcements. I'm shocked. I'm shooketh. I have not. I mean, I have things that I'm going to I'm gonna say. Oh, you have them sprinkled through the episode so I can't object? Is that what's happening? You know what? Actually, that would be really smart. What if I just interrupted my recaps with a little ding, 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 and then I just jumped into like a morning announcement? I could see that happening easily. You would be so into it because you couldn't tune out because you would think it was part of the recap at first. But then you, I guess you would tune out when you heard the bell. I wouldn't hear the bell, though. That's true. It would be inserted later. It would be inserted. What if I did it? Oh, just with your voice. Yeah, like I just did. Oh, okay, okay, I see. Yeah. Understood. All right, What? tell me about this. We have said there was going to be no opening, and we've already gone three and a half minutes. So- Too late. This episode is called The Ballad of Robert and Heather, which is so close to The Ballad of Mike and Dahlia DiPolito. Dateline, I love you so much. Your titles. Get more creative. I whispered it. They were years apart, so we'll give them some credit. It's fine. So this first aired February 9th, 2020. Season 27, episode 19, I think. It's kind of hard to find online. You might just want to listen to the recap. So good luck with that. Oh, brother. That's really encouraging. (laughs) Yeah, just good luck. I I better do a good recap so that in case you can't find it, you are just happy. No pressure. Yeah, I'm putting the pressure on myself. It's hosted by Keith. So first we meet we get this long story about how Heather and Robert met. Okay. It was Heather who reached out to single father Rob online one night as both were looking through the same dating app. Great idea, Heather. Mm-hmm. Relationships that start online never wind up on Dateline. Can I paint that with a broad stroke? I can say all, no. Uh, some online relationships are fine. If you're on Dateline and you've met through a dating app, I'm worried. Yeah, so reverse engineer it. Okay. So Heather commented on Rob's selfie profile pic, which was taken from the waist up, lying on the couch, maybe a la Burt Reynolds on a fur rug. Unsure? Not sure what lay. I'm sorry. It's lying on the couch. I said laying. I don't know what laying on the couch means. Does it mean reclining or does it mean literally George Costanza's pose? I was picturing that. (laughs) The George Costanza. George Costanza. Yeah. If it was done in a funny way, I would respond well to that. I'd be, I would giggle. Yeah, actually. as Yes, I totally would. He's on the couch wearing a white and blue plaid style button up shirt with a couch pillow in the background with the same pattern. So Heather says, your shirt matches your pillow. And Rob writes back, I guess it does. I didn't notice. LOL. No, I'm immediately suspicious of Rob. How did you not notice that your shirt matches? Maybe it's a guy thing. They don't notice things like that. I think he was kidding. Like, yes, I noticed. Or he just loves that pattern. (laughs) He has underwear. He has a tapestry. He has shower curtain. All of it. The whole night. Okay. Heather's profile said she was messaging from Louisville, Kentucky, and Rob was about 45 minutes away in Frankfurt. This. I'm sorry. I'm going to interrupt. It's Louisville. 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 You got to smush that. Louisville. 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 Did it. Okay. It sounded wrong. So, but you're saying it's right. I'm going to go with it. Yeah. I don't like this business of showing your location online. It makes me really nervous, even though it's a big city. I don't, still don't like it. Yeah. I got that. It has Dateline written all over it. So Rob tells Heather, I wish we could go get a cup of coffee, but thinking they're too far apart, she's never going to go for it. And Heather writes back, 
well, why can't we? Which was very forward, Heather. I like it. It's assertive. I like it. I'm scared. Except also you in danger, girl. Yeah, assertive, but danger. I like it, but I'm scared. Yeah. Rob ends up meeting Heather at a midway point between their homes at the only place he could think of that didn't scream, I'm a sociopath, Ah. Dunkin' Donuts, (laughs) in a small town named Shelbyville. Okay. To me, Dunkin' Donuts doesn't scream psychopath, but a small town named Shelbyville does. Drink the juice, Shelby. Shelby, drink the juice. (laughs) No, juice is better. Juice is better. Come on, come on, honey. Open up. I can't do Dolly. I wish I could. I'm trying. Rob gets to the Dunkin' Donuts first, chooses a seat facing the front door, which sounds innocent, but also to me sounds like a lion facing down its prey. And it made me very nervous. I didn't like it. No, no, you want first look. I get it. For you first look. Yeah, yeah, yeah. When Heather comes in, he recognized her instantly from her photos. And the only thought that crossed his mind was, wow. Aww. I can't wait to slip antifreeze in her drink. No. no, he didn't say that. That is not the thing that he, maybe he did. That's the best thing ever. You walk in and the first time he sees you and thinks, wow. Wow. That's the best. I can't wait to live in a place with very steep stairs with her. No. What? No, it's sweet. It's Dateline. So they start chatting. They find out they're both from New England, which is, it's so beautiful there. I want to move. But then I think of Stephen King. And I think of Murder, She Wrote. I think of Pam Smart. Oh, wow. And I think maybe I wouldn't do well there. All the clowns in the sewers. I don't know. Oh, yeah. Castle Rock. Heather and Rob literally spent their teenage years within an hour of each other. Whoa. Which is such a big coincidence. And you know, I don't believe in coincidences. So Rob is maybe a murderer. Unsure. Oh, no. Okay. A few hours and multiple conversations later, they decide to go to dinner at a nearby steakhouse. Heather, don't be taken to a second location. Ladies out there. Second location, bad. The rule is second location if it's the apartment or like under a bridge. How does she know that that's where he's going to take her? She's in her car. She's following him. We don't know the whole situation. Okay, I think that she followed him. Was it a caravan situation? It's a caravan because she can't leave her car at the other place. No, I yeah, we know. After dinner, they stood outside and talked some more, standing so close to each other that somebody drove by and yelled, get a room. (laughs) And also that person was Katie because she doesn't like watching people be affectionate in public. It wasn't me. (laughs) I was not. Allegedly, I was not in the area. Allegedly. It was nothing personal. No, it was not. I just have trouble watching intimacy. Only on TV. I'm fine in real life. Really? See, I find it worse. I'm fine on TV. I do not like it in real life. Oh, okay. Yeah. They dated for about a year and a half, and secretly, Rob was really wanting to marry Heather for the life insurance. I mean, because he loved her. Correct. And so this is when our story gets a little complicated. Wait, 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 wait. He wanted to marry her. Did they get married? Well, actually, I don't know. We should probably ask them. Heather? Heather? Robert wants to know. Wants to know. Will you... Marry him? Will you marry him? (laughs) We didn't say that at all simultaneously, but it's okay. Let's try it one more time. Okay. Three, two, one. Will Will you you marry marry him? (laughs) Wait, do it. it. Just do the last part. Will Will you you marry marry him? him? One, two, three. Will Will you you marry marry him? him? Pause. Wait, do you want to pause? Pause for the answer. 
Pause. 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 Rob, is did she say yes? Did she say yes, Robert? Robert, is she, we're still here. Is she crying? Did she say yes? Is her smile lighting up a room? Call us back. Let us know. Let us know. Okay, Heather, it's time for you to turn off the podcast and go say yes to Robert now. Yeah, you can listen to this later. But everyone else is on pins and needles across the world. So you may need to let us know as soon as possible so that we can let other people know. Yeah, that's what we're asking. Before you tell your parents, tell us. Correct. Is that, that's reasonable. No, that's unreasonable. We are so happy for you, Heather and Robert. Congratulations. I'm going to say a preemptive congratulations. Yes. Thank you. Thank you. I said thank you. No, no, thank you. Um, Congratulate. You're welcome. (laughs) And best wishes. You can take best wishes if you want. (laughs) Best wishes. We are so excited for you guys. This was truly an honor. Yes, it was. And I know that all the listeners will agree that they loved being part of it. I'm going to speak for them. And for all of the listeners who have not figured this out yet, this is not our Dateline episode. This was an actual wedding proposal. (laughs) So our uh, Dateline episode starts right meow, right now. (laughs) Now we start our actual date with Dateline. I'm waiting for the one star reviews. Wasn't even an episode, was a proposal, one star. I know, one star. Looked it up, ballad of Robert and Heather. Not an episode. Looked, spent two hours Googling Ballad of Robert and Heather. Couldn't find it anywhere. One star. One star. Yeah. Yay. Yay. Congratulations, you guys. Woohoo. Woo. Uh, Adam, cheer sounds. Cheering. Cheer sounds. <laughs> okay, so what's our real episode? It is called The Player which is what Robert was before he met Heather. I kid, I don't know. Oh. <laughs> I don't know his dating history. Those are large accusations. <laughs> wow. So this was season 20, episode six. It aired on November 16th, 2017, hosted by Keith. Something weird happens in the very beginning, which is that Lester basically gives away the entire plot. And I didn't know if I should actually read it or not. Thoughts? No. Thoughts, my thoughts are no. I'm going to keep it. Maybe I'll read it at the end. Okay. And we'll go, yeah, why did he give away the whole thing? Well, I forgot. So I'm the perfect person because probably most of us, like watchers are like me. And they're like, I didn't remember that he'd said anything. It, literally, Lester says it and it flew out of my head. <laughs> so there you go. Sorry. And it's not on you, Lester. That's on me. No, no. So we are in Vegas with Keith, Katie. Which host would you most likely go to Vegas with? Josh. I think the same thing. I think Keith is a little too shy to be in Vegas, but I think Mank would thrive there. I'm just going to put this out there in the world. CrimeCon is in Las Vegas next year. So, I mean, I'll be there. Just I'll be there. You'll be there anyways, probably. I'm hoping you'll be there, but I will be there. I'm planning on it. And I am hoping that Dateline will also be there and that we can, because Las Vegas is the city of food, I might be the only person that thinks of Vegas in those terms but maybe we can go to like a restaurant with Josh if he's not too busy. This is your invitation. This episode is full of invitations and proposals. It is. This is a different kind of proposal. Will, can we go to a restaurant of your choice? My treat. (laughs) I will pay in order for you to come with me. But it's not a date. Okay, let's just move on. This got, I know it got awkward. I didn't mean to make it like that. He has a wife. Uh, Although that doesn't stop people on date lines. So- 
Apparently not. Keith is talking about the strip and he describes it as outside kitsch. It's gaudy cavernous casinos and their endless electronic clatter and their darker places where men in black suits hover over the studied calm of high rolling wishful thinkers. So I am going to get the feeling here from Keith that he does not enjoy Las Vegas. (laughs) That's not a very Keith place. No, I don't think it's his. I think it's way too many people for him. So Adrian Solomon was there on business setting up a medical conference. Her previous job, we learned, was working for a club med teaching trapeze. And we get our first ever, I think, trapeze B-roll, which was enjoyable. Also, in a one-hour episode, we would never get backstory on her job history if it wasn't trapeze. If it was like a pharmaceutical rep, we would never hear about it. It's the coolest job. It's really cool. Also scary. I'm scared. I was scared just watching the video. I was like, no, she's going to slip. But she's not scared. She's one of those, you know, she probably skydives and stuff. She's not scared at all. No, I don't like that. She was observing a craps game one day in Vegas, and a man said to her, do you want me to explain the rules to you? Like a mansplaining. (laughs) Sure, I didn't like it. Oh, I'm so sorry. I had the complete opposite reaction, which is like, yes, God, please, yes, explain the rules (laughs) of craps to me because I still don't understand them. I was like, how does he know she's not a professional craps player and was trying to recruit new players to her all-female craps league called... Ladies don't give a craps. And she's, she knows all about the game. TM. <laughs> I think we can come up with something better, though. No, I like it. I think it's perfect just the way it is. Okay. okay. Ladies don't give a craps. So she, and there's little dice. Uh, yeah, little dice. Yeah. She looks at his finger to make sure he's not married, which is a ladies thing that we all do. And... He asked her to dinner. His name was Ernest the III, which I thought was hilarious. You have to really love the name Ernest to have three of them. That's commitment. That's a family name. That's just everyone's going to get it. They're not going to change it now. Whether they want it or not. Yeah. He was good looking. Him? Keith tells us he was good looking. So let's say he was good looking. No, he seemed, I think he seemed good looking. Okay. He had like a even facial features. To me, he looked a little like Ryan Seacrest. Which I guess he's a good looking guy. No, he's good looking. I think people think he's good looking, Brian Seacrest. Yeah, probably. There were some frosted tips in some of the pictures that threw me off. He grew up Mormon. He's college educated, a former Eagle Scout, and is seen in an old photo holding up a Rush Limbaugh book. So that's all I'm going to say. So he's super fun. Okay, got it. Oh. So he's a good time. Yeah, he was a professional poker player and said he made good money at it. He gambled enough in Vegas that he would get free rooms, show tickets, free meals. And immediately when I heard free meals, I thought, buffet. He got free buffet tickets. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. But I think I am low class and that he actually got maybe comps at like a good restaurant. Well, I, I don't know if I would say that. Some of the buffets are unbelievable. Like the buffet at Caesar's Palace is not a drill. It is really good. And it's not cheap. They have crab. It's expensive. Or Bellagio. Those are really expensive. So I'm saying if he was getting comps at the lesser hotels, yeah. But he was still probably getting... Circus, circus. 
but they still have a good restaurant. I guarantee it. Every hotel in Vegas has one steakhouse that has good stuff. So I don't know. Were we just at Circus Circus in another episode? We sure were. Oh, in our Patreon, we were in Circus Circus. Wow, we are Vegas up. <laughs> Sorry, but we have not actually been to Las Vegas in maybe 15 years together. Yeah, that's true. Which is why I cannot wait for CrimeCon. But you go regularly. I know, but you don't come with me. So I am excited to go with you. I'm much like Keith. It is not my town, but that's fine. But you're going to play bingo with me. I will bite the bullet. Yeah. And play bingo. Sure. Okay. So he tells Adrian that he's really good at reading people and at preventing himself from being read, hiding his tells in poker. He said he was responsible. He was saving his money for the times when the cards aren't that good. Adrian fell for him and they start dating long distance. Now, she travels all over the world for her job because she has a history of fascinating jobs. And he would travel all over to meet her. So they're having these little excursions all over the world. He even traveled to visit her family. They talked about having children and getting married. They were looking at wedding rings. They may be registered on Zola. Seems like the responsible thing to do. Yeah, and actually, Heather and Robert, heads up. (gasps) Robert and Heather. Heads up. When it comes to weddings, there are moments you'll always remember. And it's not just about walking down the aisle or cutting the cake. There are a million little moments that really stick with you. And those are the things that you want to remember most, like hand-dyeing the bottom of your wedding gown with tea in a locked room, or releasing a million confetti wands into the air and watching it float down like snow on all your guests, or watching your best friend give the speech of a lifetime and being both honored by it and proud at how truly funny she is. While wearing an ankle boot. While wearing a dust boot. So, but in all the moments leading up to your wedding day, here's the most important thing to remember. Zola. Why Zola? Whatever kind of wedding you're planning, whether it be a goth wedding on New Year's Eve, I don't know who would do that. (laughs) Zola.com is the one place to start. They've got your back for all of your wedding needs. That's why over a million couples have planned their weddings with Zola. A million couples. million? I can't believe there are even a million couples. That's a lot. So if you're looking for a wedding venue, say, Zola will give you personalized recommendations. What if you want a really good gift registry? Because after all, why else are you getting married? You'll find everything you need from classic cookware to cash funds. Zola can even help you create stunning save the dates. They can help you create invites and a matching wedding website, which again is how you can get cash gifts. (laughs) Weddings can be expensive, but... Planning with Zola never is. All of their planning tools are completely free to use, like the wedding website that's your home for your gift registry, like I just said. Cash money. By the way, it comes with free shipping and returns. And it's not just free, it's risk-free. You can get personalized samples of your invites so you can try them out before you buy, which I cannot tell you how important that is. And of course, free envelopes and guest addressing. Incredible, which is such a time waste. Trust me, you have a million things to do. You don't need to waste your time handwriting every single envelope, Katie. Why? So whatever your style or budget, Zola has you covered. So now you can think less about the million and one things that you need to do and more about those million wedding moments you'll always remember. Mm, That Robert and Heather are going to have soon. Absolutely. If you're planning your wedding, here's my tip. 
start with Zola. Go to Zola.com slash date dateline today. Use promo code SAVE50 for 50% off your Save the Dates. Wow. So worth it. Zola is the one place to start for your wedding day. Zola.com slash date dateline and the code is SAVE50. If planning your big day is stressing you out, then Zola di da down the aisle with help from Zola. Thank you so much, Zola. I might rethink my whole thought process on weddings and just sign up for Zola. I'm ready. This is the year. Get online. Let's go. Okay. That's Robert and Heather found each other online. Okay. So did the people in this episode, though. So check back with me in 20 minutes. No, they didn't. No, they didn't. Yes. Check back with me in 20 minutes. Oh, but that's later. Okay. All right. All right. So there seems to be a problem in the relationship with Adrian and Ernie. First off, he has some issues with his family. His mom is very against his gambling, even though his dad seems fine with it. They gamble together. So that's strange. And also the parents don't seem to want to meet Adrian. Ernie tells her it's because she isn't Mormon and also because they're traveling around together in sin kind of. And Keith says, Scarlet Woman. He does say that. Scarlet Woman. Keith. Keith. I loved it. One day at Caesar's Palace, she meets Ernie's dad and she tries. So Ernie says, Dad, this is Adrian. The dad says, I know who she is and turns around much like our Real Housewives intro. Turn Turn around. around. I know who she is. Turn around. (laughs) That very dramatic question. Flipped his hair in her face. Yeah, exactly. No, sorry. Observation. They are at Caesar's Palace. That means they play at Caesar's Palace, which means that might be where they're getting comped. But I think he plays at multiple casinos. Yeah, but also playing at Caesar's Palace is big time. Big time. It's big money. Big money. Yeah, it's they do not have penny slots at Caesar's Palace. (laughs) Which is what Katie likes. I have not been to Caesar's Palace in many a year. Yeah, they won't let her in. I haven't been anywhere on the Strip in a very long time. They check your credit score at the door. Oh, my credit is good, but I'm cash poor. (laughs) So the relationship fades. In February 2008, Adrian and Ernie break up. And a few weeks later, there's a double murder. Murder doble. Yeah, murder, murder doble. I don't think that's right at all, but it's fine. And so the Dateline does a little fake out. They're like, one of the victims is named Ernest Shearer. Was it Adrian's boyfriend? No, not. Did we buy it for a second? No. I did. It's a big fake out. They say his name. And I forgot that he was a third because, again, I'm hearing information and it's flying out. So, (laughs) yeah. So it is, sadly, Ernie's parents, Ernest Shearer Jr. and Charlene Abendroff. They are found dead in their home in a very nice country club neighborhood in San Francisco. And the police believe it happened between Friday, March 7th and Saturday morning. So Friday night and Saturday morning. Mm-hmm. No murder weapon, but they have been hit with a blunt instrument and been sliced. I don't like that with what have, might have been a big knife or sword. So I'm immediately thinking nerdy teenage boy obsessed with D&D. Oh, no. That was where my mind went. I do not like the sword. Yeah, I don't like the was sword. Was that the cause of death? The sword? 
They don't know. Okay. So could it have been a robbery? Ernest Jr. was wealthy real estate investor who was known to carry large amounts of cash around. Now, when you hear the phrase large amounts of cash, what are you thinking? Don't shame me. What do you think I'm thinking? I'm thinking $500. Yeah. To me, that's an extraordinarily large amount of cash to be carrying around. Anything over 10 bills to me is a large wad of cash. (laughs) It's a large amount of cash. We find out a decorative sword is missing. So maybe they were killed with their own samurai sword. I don't know if it was samurai sword. I just imagined it, it was some sort of decorative sword. Could be like a Game of Thrones type sword. Unsure. I'm thinking it was a sam. I'm thinking it was a samurai sword because it's between two jade vases or vases. Statues that you're yes that are also missing. And it looks like the vases that we are seeing are like of like Chinese art, basically what I would call. Yeah. Yeah. However, Charlene's purse is there, her jewelry is there, and in Ernest's jeans pocket, $9,000 in cash. WTF. I'm embarrassed. How does that much cash even fit? Are men's pockets that much bigger than women's pockets? No. That you can fit $9,000 in there. They are bigger. I saw a meme. Someone had put their pockets next to their boyfriend's pockets. They're like twice as big. I have a question for you, but I'm embarrassed to say it out loud. So I'm going to write it down. Okay. (laughs) Can't wait for this. Am I going to read it on the air? No, you're not going to read it on the air. Can I just look? She's writing something. It's so dumb that I just honestly, legitimately don't know. No, they don't. Okay, thank you. Great question. Maybe I'll let our Patreons know. What if I'm yeah. wrong? I'm going to give it a bing right now. Join our, join our Patreon to find out what I wrote on that <laughs> mysterious piece of paper. Look, I'm Seriously, I'm Googling it just to make sure that I'm not I appreciate wrong. that. I don't know. No, those are fake. No, that has Trump's face on it. That's fake. Okay, that's definitely fake. No, okay. So they did, maybe, but it's gone now, apparently. So that was, it's not a dumb question at all. Okay, good. Yeah, you didn't know. Discontinued in 1969. Okay, let's just tell everyone. I asked if they made $1,000 bills. Yeah. Because that would make the money in the pocket easier to swallow. Yes. Because otherwise the money clip would be like bursting at the seams, I think. Yeah. But also that's just not safe. Why do you need to carry that? Like what kind of spending are you doing on a daily basis? Was he going to the bank? No, no. I'm guessing if he is a poker player, I'm guessing a lot of the tournaments are cash buy-in. Yeah, the dad does play poker too sometimes. If you're going to a tournament, yeah, maybe he's going to do a cash buy-in and buy chips. Yeah. So maybe the buy-in is two grand and the rest is for chips. That's a good point. Also, my dad played poker. That's true. And I do remember, but I don't remember him having giant wads of cash. $9,000. Also, it's his birthday. Happy birthday, dad. Happy birthday, dad. (laughs) So it appears to be a stage robbery. I'm getting sick of this. Why people do stage robberies so poorly. Like, it seems so easy to make it actually look like a real robbery. Take stuff. Take stuff. That's the number one. And then that's it. Take stuff. And make it look like there was forced entry. Those are the only two things you have to do. Break glass from the outside, not the inside, like a dum-dum. Take the purse, 
the cash, the jewelry. And when you take the drawers out of the armoire, pull them out all the way. There we go. Don't pull them out like slightly neatly. It's so, we should write a handbook. (laughs) How to rob correctly. How to rob correctly. How to stage a robbery correctly. Yeah, because you could totally get away with murder because they'll think it's a random crime. The random crimes are the hardest to solve. No. So We're not advocating anyone commit murder. No, sorry, we are not. Robert, are you paying attention? (laughs) So the police find odd shoe print patterns just around the bodies. And when I say just around the bodies, I mean that the prints are doing laps around the bodies and then just disappear. There are no footprints walking up to the bodies or walking away from the bodies. So this is either our first ever staged shoe prints incident or this is a ghost or wizard apparating to the bodies, walking around in circles, and then bloop, their body disappears and appears somewhere else. It's one of those two things. The question is, if this is a stage shoe print, which I immediately thought it was because they disappear, you did all that and you didn't take the $9,000? Yeah. Which also makes me think it's personal because it means they didn't want to touch the body. They kill- Well, they killed them violently. What do you mean they didn't want to touch the body? After it was dead. They didn't want to touch a dead body. Oh, that they didn't want to get the money out of the pocket. Yeah, I see what you're saying. Yeah, I see what you're saying. There are Nike swoosh prints in the shoe prints. And I kind of want Keith saying there was an obvious Nike swoosh as my notification sound on my cell phone. Oh, yeah. Do you think he would do that for me? I liked the way he said swoosh. Oh, I I thought maybe you just really like Nikes and I didn't know. (laughs) I am super athletic, Katie. So they're able to determine that the sneaker, they do like sneaker forensics, I guess. CSI sneaker edition. Yeah. Who are you? Shoo, 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 shoo. (laughs) Ah, I just came up with that. I just came up with that. I kill myself. I'm proud. (laughs) I'm beaming with pride and joy. Oh, my goodness. I'm proud of myself, too. So they determine that it's a Nike Impacts Tomahawk, a name that doesn't sound very PC, in a size 12. But who would do this? Did the parents have enemies? Ernest, the dad, did have some enemies. He was a passionate person in his views and he spoke his mind. And we meet a state assemblyman who knew Ernest for his extreme, extreme fiscal conservatism. And he made a lot of people angry around town spouting his political views. Now, Keith says this was too ugly even for politics, to which I say, Keith, that's rich. Sorry, what about him being Mormon? They're not Mormon, are they? They were Mormon. I don't know if they still were. Were they? He had enemies for being Mormon. Sorry, uh, it's more the gambling aspect and them being Mormon. Right. Yeah, I don't think Mormons gamble. Right. That's a good point. That might be why the mom doesn't like it and doesn't like that the dad plays with Ernie. Let's circle back to this. Okay. I have a theory. So Adrian finds out about the murders and she's shocked. 
she reaches out to Ernie. She wants to be there for her, him as a friend. And they meet for dinner. He was very upset. He said the police were harassing him. And she said, that's just their jobs. That's normal. But then she finds out something that shocks her even more. About the murders, Keith asks. No, Keith answers his own question. About something else altogether. Thank you, Keith. I know what it is. Do you? I mean, I knew what it was when he said that. You did? Yeah. Adrian gets a call from a detective saying he's investigating the murders. And he says, how long did this affair last? And she says, what now? Oh, snap. What affair? We've been dating exclusively for two years. We only just broke up a few weeks ago. And the detective says, he's married and has a child. I'm sorry to break this to you. So everything starts to make sense to Adrian. Why he never wanted her to see his apartment. Yep. Adrian, you were dating for two years and you never saw his apartment. You know why? Because he lives on a giant red flag. That's what that is. <laughs> Adrian. That's real good. And this is also explains why the parents snubbed her and why he never wanted them to meet and why the dad did the turnaround so rudely. So again, I'm so sorry to harp on this. I'm sure people are screaming right now, but th- this goes to my point that he faked being Mormon. That was like a really good excuse as to like, they don't want to, you know, they're very traditional, blah, 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 about the parents were Mormon, but he's not actually Mormon. It's totally possible, but it's also totally possible he is Mormon and just cheating. And gambling? Yeah, and that's why his mom's not happy with him. Or the dad? Mom's not happy with dad either. Dad also is a gambler. Right, but dad's bringing home the bacon for mom. $9,000. $9,000 in cash. I don't know if I should have done research, found out was he actually Mormon. I just assumed he was telling the truth about that. Okay. That was foolish of me. And I got, I'm stuck on it. So sorry. All right, press (laughs) on. Bad combo. So at this point in the episode and only in this point in the episode, there's literally 10 seconds. There's this strange doorbell sound effect. Did you hear it? Mm -hmm. I rewound and went, came back to it hours later, just to see if it was still there. I don't have a doorbell, so it was obviously not my apartment. It's like maybe supposed to be wedding bells, but it sounds like a doorbell. I don't know. It's when they're talking about him being married. So I would love to have an answer from the sound department at Dateline. Give me a call. I wonder what that, huh? Unsure. Okay. He'd been married to a woman named Robin and had a son whose name was, you guessed it, Ernest the Fourth. So... Adrian is shocked. She tells Keith, we had talked about having children and he said he wanted a boy, but he already had a boy. Wow. Is the fourth just a disappointment? How often did they spend time together? I would say maybe a a week or two out of every month. No, probably less than that. A week, maybe out of every month. I'm just guessing. It was around the world business trips. So she was gone about 50% of the time and he would fly often to meet her. Oh, so it could be as much as 50 percent of the time. So she's still working her job during this time. I thought she had just quit her job and moved to Vegas. And that's why they met. No, there. No, she was there planning a business conference. She is travels and does business conferences all over the country. And I see other like Aruba, Mexico, all over. 
and she travels about 50% of the time and he would fly to meet her. That's why she never went to his apartment. He would just fly to wherever she was at. Very expensive. Really expensive, like an expensive affair. Also, what's wrong with Ernest the Fourth that she wants to have a second child? Poor Ernest the Fourth. How's that going to make you feel when you later watch the state line? No, Ernest the Fourth has a real good mom. We're about to meet her. So we're about to hear her. And I'm a big fan of her. She was my VIP. So Adrian tells Keith, I can't believe those two years have been a sham. And Keith says, oh, yes. In fact, not just one sham, a whole quilt of shams. A quilt. He said that? Of shams. Yes. He said a quilt of shams? Yes. And the photos on the screen come together Mm -hmm. to make a quilt. To make a quilt, All of their couple photos of their two years together make a quilt. So detectives are looking into the double life that appeared to be, shall we say, prodigious. Mark SAT word off of your bingo cards, everybody. Apparently, there are women everywhere in Ernie's life. After the murder, he basically leaves his wife, Robin, immediately. And he starts meeting loads and loads of women in the dating section of Craigslist. Ladies. Okay. Did he leave her or did he just leave town? Maybe he just left town and forgot to tell her or just never came back. She didn't know what he was up to. He was not being there for her. At all. At all. So Keith calls these Craigslist conquests in cities all over the U.S. He loves to travel. The man must have an amazing credit card with frequent flyer miles on it because he's going to New Orleans. He's going to New York. He's going all over the country, meeting women after women. And he was what surprised the police is the amount of women and also that he's developing really deep relationships with them intimate, shall we say. Dateline says, I don't like it. So we meet one woman named Pamela who met him on Craigslist. Pam, no Pam. And one day they were supposed to have a date and he calls her and said, yeah, so my parents um, were just murdered. So I have to reschedule. But he probably said it differently than that. But that's how I'm imagining he said it. Close. Close. Another woman is Kimberly. Okay. Who is what a Kimberly should look like. She is six feet tall with Barbie proportions. I will never live up to the Kimberly name. Kimberly are doing it for the Kimberlies. See, to me, you are the Kimberly mold. Everyone else is not correct. That's sweet. That's sweet. I'm pretty sure that's how everyone feels. So there you go. I will speak for all people when I say that. That's fine. That's appropriate. So... She met him at a casino and he said to her, I need a pretty girl to blow on the dice. (laughs) Another tradition that I hope won't return after COVID. I did not realize how much blowing on things there was before COVID. Just so much blowing on things. And I hope it all goes away. Well, what else? Dice, birthday candles. Kissing of hands. I don't know. Weird things like that. (laughs) Who's kissing? Your hand. Blowing on your glasses and then like rubbing them. Some people lick their glasses to clean them. And then they go, oh, you're supposed to use Dawn. That works really good. Have you ever done that? No, I haven't. Okay. Take your glasses, use Dawn, like the dishwashing, whatever dishwashing soap, 
little dot on both sides and rub the soap in and then rinse them and don't dry them. Just set them on a counter and let them dry by themselves. Crystal clear. You're going to be, I just changed your life. I have wipes that I feel like do an okay job. Now, I want you to try it. Okay, I'll try it. You'll be surprised. Can I use a generic slash healthy for the planet version of Dawn? Does it cut grease? Yes, but saves environments. That's fine. As long as it's like a grease cutter, you're good. So he says to Kimberly, I need a pretty late blow on the dice. And Keith says, now that's a line. And Kimberly says, yeah, and I fell for it. Do you feel like his other line was poker? I barely know her. No, I don't. I think he's smooth. And I think you're giving a compliment. And then also you're having someone come and stand next to you. And then you can strike up a conference. He seems to be very good at like, getting close to people very quickly. Yes, so good at it. So he tells Kimberly all about his wife that he cheated on and then left. And she's fine with it. She says everyone makes mistakes. Okay. He cried to her over his murdered parents. They got very close. He actually moves in with her. This is going great for Kimberly. Wow. What does Kimberly do? She's just very tall. Okay, cool. Keith says, of course, living a double life doesn't make you a double murderer, which I thought was a good line. It is a good line. Yeah. The detectives are looking at the crime scene photos again. Ernie only wore a nine and a half shoe and those ghostly shoe prints were a 12. Mm -hmm. There's also a speck of human DNA that doesn't match Ernie or the parents, a fourth party, so to speak. DNA. But there is something that points to him or at least makes him look really suspicious. The day after the murder, he showed up demanding to be let into the house and he was being really rude and condescending to the female detective. Like she was shocked at how rude he was being. And he wants to get into the house. He wants the will. So the police find the will and it says, The estate will be divided between Ernie and his sister when they turn 30. Now, Ernie is going to turn 30 in July and his parents are murdered in March. So just a few months before he will receive half of this month. Ernie's only 29 years old. Right. Him? He looks 39. He looks 39. That's absolutely true. Sorry. And so this will is set up this way in case the parents die when the children are still in their 20s and they just don't want them to have the money. I think it's more of a responsibility issue. You know how they put it in there. You get it when you're 18. You get it when you're 25. When they think you're responsible enough to handle all of this money. I think that's what it's about. But I could be wrong. It could be like a legal thing. I guess I'm more just thinking that if both parents, let's say, were to like die in a tragedy like this or but like a car crash or something like that, how are the children supposed to take care of the stuff that comes after without the money from the will? Well, he was making good money as a poker player. Supposedly, they thought. Yeah. We don't know what the sister did. I guess I'm just assuming that if this happened when they were 20 years old. So I've heard before of like a small stipend or a yearly thing until a certain age and then you get the whole amount. I don't know if that was the case. Sorry, I didn't mean now. I more meant that if something had happened when they were like 19. Yeah. 
what would have happened. But also, I'm sure they had family, friends, and family, and people would have stepped in and helped. Yeah, I think so. Plus, they probably had in their will money set aside for funeral arrangements and things like that. Sorry, I'm just thinking logistically. Just completely logically. Yeah, I think logistically they had that money said it wouldn't have come out of the children's pockets. Understood. Well, they wouldn't have had it if the kids were like in school or something. They weren't going to have it if they were in college or like, I don't know, doing whatever you do after high school, finding yourself. He went to college. He said he went to college, at least. He said he went to college. Yeah, we don't know. He also said he was Mormon. Right. He's clearly not Mormon. At least Katie's sure of it. I'm sure of it. So the police look at Ernie's financials. Turns out, surprise. He's not Mormon. Just kidding. All right, go ahead. (laughs) Surprise, surprise. In his financials, they see lots of donations to a Jewish temple. And they're like, uh-huh. we've been scammed. He was a Jew all along. No. Scammed. It shows that he was not doing well financially and how he specifically told Adrian that he put away money for times when he wasn't getting good cards and wasn't winning. That was not true either. He was $60,000 in debt. He had lost eighty or 90000 at the casinos in the past year. And before the murders, he had wanted to buy a house but the bank would not give him a loan. So he borrowed the money from his dad, $616,000. And when the market started to crash and the dad was in real estate, he asked Ernie to start paying back that loan or to pay it back in full, to refinance his house and then pay back the money that he owed to his dad. And Ernie couldn't do it. And Ernie had just started missing mortgage payments that he was paying to his dad. So he was in financial straits. Yeah, he was in trouble. He was in trubs. He agrees to go to the station to talk. Trubs. Trubs. (laughs) He agrees to go to the station to talk to detectives. He says the night of the murder. He says, yo, I'm in trubs. Okay, sorry. Yo, deep trubs. (laughs) He says the night of the murder, he was hours away from his parents. He was driving home from Vegas. He stopped for gas and McDonald's, which are both on receipts and in credit cards. And he went home. His wife and son were away. I'm sorry. He stopped in Prim. Let's be clear about where he stopped. Katie knows where he stopped. She goes there all the time. I love Prim. Prim is the best except they have the most expensive gas station in the world, but it's like a wonderland. They have all sorts of stuff inside, but everything's $13. You know what I'm saying? With a bag of fancy trail mix, but they have outlets there and the outlet mall is dying. So it's a dying mall the last time we went. And it was like literally just like a jockey. Oh, that's sad. And like an old baby. That's so sad. It was awful. And I think William Sonoma was trying, but I was like, no one's going to come here. Oh, no, they can't survive. No. Yeah, you guys aren't going to make it. People can't afford that expensive of a potholder. Not even in good times. No. So his wife and son were away, so they can't verify that he went home. The next morning, he met his grandfather for a bridge tournament, and grandpa confirms this. They ask him, what road did you take home? He cannot tell them. Now, correct me if I'm wrong, but there are not that many ways back from Vegas. You took the 15 or the 15. Like, how did you get home? Thank you. He's going to Brea, right? Yeah, I think so. They must be asking about the L.A. freeways. Maybe. Okay. But still, you always take like one route, maybe one or two routes 
when you go somewhere, right? Oh, I know what. Sorry, there's a checkpoint border between Nevada and California. Mm. And I bet you they have cameras. I bet you they were trying to check. He would have had to slow at the border and they kind of wave you through. So you're saying what exactly? That's on the 15, which is the main way back. Oh, so that's why he doesn't want to say if he took the 15. Right, because they would be able to check it. But he would have had to have gone around back down some crazy way if he didn't take the 15. So if he were to have gone to San Francisco, where his parents lived instead, how would that vary? He would not be taking that border. I don't think he would be taking the 15. Gotcha. Ooh, that's interesting. Okay. But again, he's driven this to his house, I'm sure, many times. So he would know that he's supposed to have taken the 15, you know? But he can't say that because he knows they're going to check the border. Yeah. Yeah. Good question. That's good. You figured it out. They ask him, well, what TV show did you watch when you came home? You said you watched TV. He cannot tell them, which made me so mad. Can't think of a TV show. If you are worried about if it actually aired at that time. Well, first of all, just say one of the daytime, the nighttime talk shows because they're on every night or the local news or you have a DVR, hopefully, and you say that you watch something when it, that you recorded. So it doesn't matter what time it was on. Does your DVR show when you've recorded stuff? Like, does it show when you've watched it? No, I don't think so. Oh, okay. Well, oh, yeah. I Maybe a forensics team could figure that out. Yeah. Huh? That's that's a good point. Yeah, he's, he kind of messed up. It's a good point. Mm. So now remember, though, he's a poker player and he's supposed to be good at this bluffing and not showing his tells. And I feel like he was sweating and telling up a storm in that interrogation, telling to high heaven, so to speak. Agreed. Now, I have a tell as well, and it is sweat. <laughs> I sweat a lot. And I sweat when I'm nervous. I also sweat in my bedroom at night because it's like living in H-E double hockey sticks in there. And if someone were in there with me, they would think I was lying about everything. They would think I was lying in my sleep because I'm sweating so much. Mm. Did you know an inferior sleep can lead to an inferior immune system, inferior mental health, and inferior weight loss efforts? Basically, bad sleep makes you inferior. And I want to be furier. Yeah. Now, I decided to get Chili Sleep's Uller system, which has Ooh. changed my life. Yes. It is hydro, which means water. Thank you, science. No need to call. Hydro-powered, temperature-controlled mattress toppers that keep your bed at the perfect temperature to fall asleep, to stay asleep, even can adjust the temperature to wake you up naturally without an alarm. This is the Uller system. You set the program on your phone. You set it and forget it. And it just does it for you every night. You don't have to do anything. Wow. Thank you, Chili Sleep. Thank you. I have slept in my bed every single night this summer, which has never happened to me in this apartment, including last night when it was 99 during the day and somehow at night was 130. I don't know how that's possible, but that's what it felt like. I never even thought about going to the couch to lay by the AC because I was so comfortable. It's like sleeping in a cool swimming pool. It's magical. And I can't wait to use it during the winter to keep my bed toasty because I get very cold. I am very just not good with temperatures. You're just temperature sensitive. I'm a sensitive person. I'm going to use this year round 
And investing in better sleep is so worth it. I believe Oliver is really enjoying his. Is he not? Loves it. Yes. Oliver and I need to have a text message chat about how much we love chili sleep. Oh, he'll tell you about that. Just text him about that. But be sure to ask about a cat. I have to ask about a cat. These are the two things he wants to talk about. Chili sleep and cats. Cats. Head over to chilisleep.com slash date dateline to learn more and save 20% off the purchase of any new sleep system. This offer is only for a limited time. That's chili, C-H-I-L-I, sleep.com slash date dateline to take advantage of our exclusive offer and wake up refreshed every day. Thank you, Chili Sleep. You're my boyfriend and you're super cool. Ooh, thank you, Chili Sleep. Literally and figuratively. Yeah, for sure. Do you think Ernie was buying all of these ladies jewelry? And how expensive would that get? Ooh, yeah, that would probably get pretty expensive. So he was probably buying not quality stuff. And right now, I'm looking for quality, which means I'm looking at you, Orate. Orate is a fine jewelry brand founded by women for women. Pieces range from classic. They have statement jewelry, which Kimberly is a big fan of on and off Dateline. (laughs) And all their pieces are completely original. Orate makes the jewelry you've always wanted, but is kind of hard to find or really hard to find. I have a hard time finding beautiful pieces that are good quality for a good price. Orate checks all those boxes. Orate's quality is insanely good. The gold feels substantial, like it actually feels substantial when you hold the item in your hand and the diamonds sparkle and shine. They are such high quality, so beautiful. And because it's real gold, you can wear it and never have to take it off. You can shower, do, uh, what do we call it? Work it? Work out? I think it's Workout, workout, sleep, cook, and whatever you want to do. It's jewelry for real life. It's great. All Orate pieces also come with a lifetime warranty because they know that it lasts. That's amazing. It is. Orate was founded on the desire to shake up the jewelry market by offering women beautiful designs, amazing quality at affordable prices, and ethically sourced pieces that they can wear every day. And because Orate sells directly to you without the middleman markup, they can offer the same quality as like traditional Fifth Avenue brands at a fraction of the cost. Orate pretty much hacked the jewelry market, so they make real gold accessible to real people, which I love. Seriously, my Orate earrings are a treasured jewel pardon the pun, in my jewelry collection. I have the X earrings and they are super cool, but also they look beautiful. I have been known to, I guess you could say, put this nicely, buy extremely inexpensive pieces from sketchy websites online (laughs) in the past. But I really, really want to expand my jewelry collection with pieces that I can wear, not worry if my ears are going to fall off, that look quality and I can put them in and not worry about having to take them out at night or again, I'm going to have the green ear. And I'm always amazed by how a beautiful piece of jewelry, like a necklace or a nice pair of earrings or a ring can make even an old t-shirt look glamorous when you're wearing them. Because they're ethically sourced and sustainably made, Orate's gold is never mined. Their gemstones and diamonds are also certified conflict-free so everyone can shop with a sparkling conscience. And besides transparent pricing, Orate has now teamed up with Klarna 
to make their items even more accessible to all of you. Basically, using Klarna, you can shop now and pay over time, which is my favorite. Just more of a flexible way to get the pieces that you want from Orate. Klarna. Klarna. Have you seen the ads? Klarna. I like that. So for 20% off your first Orate purchase, go to Orate New York forward slash Dateline. Use promo code Dateline when you check out. That's 20% off, no minimum to spend. And they rarely have discounts as high as 20% off. So this is a really good deal. And I really encourage you to shop now while this deal happens. It's the best offer out there and it's exclusively for ARF listeners. So once again, go to orate.com forward slash Dateline. That's A-U-R-A-T-E.com forward slash Dateline. Use promo code Dateline to get 20% off. And I would like to officially give this company an or rating of five enthusiastic stars. <laughs> Very good. Thank you, Orate. Thank you, Orate. So detectives are looking into Ernie's cell phone records from the time of the murder, and they find a gap in his phone data slash data. <laughs> I love when I try to sound fancy. So from the afternoon to the morning, spanning that whole time when the murder occurred, his phone appeared to be off. It wasn't pinging on any cell phones and he constantly used his phone. Mm. So they think this is really weird. They're still looking into him when he disappears. Oh boy. But an enterprising officer, quick thinking, had put a tracker on his car so they know where he is. Good for that officer. Mm -hmm. They also have the reports of the women that he's meeting on Craigslist because he hasn't stopped. Can't stop, won't stop. My God, man. Even if he's under investigation for doble murder, he's still looking. He needs companionship. He needs something. He needs better help. They hear from a woman in New Orleans who called police to report a guy that she met on Craigslist, no girl, no, don't do it, that said he was writing a crime novel about a gambler who was a suspect in his parents' murder and then told her that his parents were murdered. And she goes back to his hotel room with him. That was not a warning sign for her. Girl, what are you doing? What what happened to her? What happened to her. Just in life. No, I have, yeah, I have so many questions. I don't. She seems really nice. Don't go back to his, no. Don't do that. I mean, no, we don't actually meet her, so I don't know if she seems nice, but. Please, girl, if you're listening, we have advice for you, and it is no, girl, no, don't do it. Yeah. So he, she goes to his room, and his room is totally normal. No, it's not. It is the opposite. He has bungee cords everywhere. It is the weirdest thing I've ever seen. So he has some bungee cords that seem to be like if you were moving a dresser in a van, you would bungee cord the drawers so that it wouldn't open while you were driving. Sort of that kind of thing. Like he thinks someone's going to come into his room and try to get in. You know, like when you have a journal when you're a kid and you might put rubber bands on it in strategic places that you will know if they've been moved and it's been opened. It's kind of like that. There are bungee cords like draped over the chair. There on the bed is a huge lasso, like a huge like not like a lasso, like a garden hose length of bungee cord just sitting on the bed that he wants to have sex with this woman on. Okay, 
Let me ask you a very serious question. If you walked in there, what would you think was about to happen? Master Bob's dungeon. I would think I was not leaving alive. Yeah. I would think these are here to tie me up. Yeah, to kill me. So it makes me even more worried about her that like she didn't run out the door. Right. So he says the bungee cords are for if someone tries to come in and get him, if someone comes for him, he's going to break a window and rappel out to the ground. And so Keith says to the detective, so she quite understandably hightailed it out of there. And the detective is like, no, she stayed. He's like embarrassed for her. He's like. Yeah. So she likes a bad boy. So this is that bad boy syndrome. This is too bad. Well, some girls have it bad. Bad boy syndrome got it bad. There's a line between bad, like he rides a motorcycle and he's going to tie you up and murder you in a hotel room. I really, I don't want to judge this girl because I don't know her. I don't know her life. I'm going to judge her. Ladies, be your own bungee cords. I, oh, good Lord. I think she might date people in prison. She is on, I can, I know who it is. Inmate.com. I know exactly who it is. There's like, there's the girl on Love After Lockup. I'm sure it's her. You've nailed it. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Okay. You've nailed it. So the detectives, there's one girl who was dating two different prisoners and playing them off of each other. So it's probably her. The detectives have deputies looking through hours of videos at the country club neighborhood, the entrance specifically. Finally, they find a red Camaro because, of course, Ernie drives a red Camaro convertible. It's so not surprising that it's boring. It is. It's exactly that. Yeah. Yeah. And it is approaching the parents' home the night of the murder, and it drives away right after midnight which is the wind around when they think they were killed. So you can't see his face on the screen. It's too grainy or the license plate. So it's not enough evidence. But they go to the forgotten woman in the story, the woman scorned who's going to help them, Katie's MVP, Yep, his wife, Robin. He has left her and been dating on Craigslist exclusively. And she's furious and says she will help them. She records a phone call where she tells Ernie it's good. She does a good job. This phone call was, I watched it a couple times because I thought she did such a good job. But what was fascinating is the opening of the phone call. Did you hear it? It's very friendly. It's so friendly. Like she goes, hey. Hi. And he goes, hi. And I was like, what? Like they're on good terms? Which makes me think they are on good terms. But she is so willing to help the police. Which is why I asked you earlier, did he just leave or did he like actually say I want a divorce? Because this was not the phone call of somebody who's divorcing and there's a child involved. Maybe the child was in the room. So she's trying to um, use happy tones, high pitched. It did not sound like that. They sounded very friendly back and forth on the phone with each other. Like they like it was a best friend kind of conversation. Yeah, I agree. That's very interesting. Mm, Unsure. So she tells them police have this video and they think it's your car on camera at your parents' house. But you told me you weren't there. Did you go to your parents' house? And then 
she tells him she totally lies. And she says they sent the video to a studio like Disney or something. And they're able to make out the face on the video. And it's your face, which is very good. Is she able to lie? Is that admissible, even though she lied like that? Okay, okay. I mean, police can do it. So can they? I thought there were rules around how they can lie. No, they can totally lie now. They can say we have your DNA at the scene. I think they're trying to change that. Are you getting that from SVU? Are you getting that from? No, it's like happens on all these wrongful convictions, false confessions. I mean, oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay. they tell people like we know you were there. Tell us what you know. Yep. I gotcha. Oh, here's the why I know. I saw it on some documentary or one of these datelines about false confessions. They were interviewing someone in England and the British police person was saying that they used to have this problem with false confessions. They changed the rules when they had some of these big, it was totally the wrong person that they had. And they now are not allowed to lie. And so he was shocked that in America, we won't change the way we're doing things. We still can lie. So that she says, we can see your face. Were you in the Bay Area on Friday night? Long pause. Very long pause. And then for a professional poker player who told this Adrian that he was good at bluffing, this is the worst. He's like, what, where, how, what else can you tell me about the video? You can see the face on the video? What uh, I uh, well I'm I understand why you're asking. The police are listening to this call. I'm assuming she says I don't know. He doesn't give away anything, but his demeanor is so nervous and shocked. And he's like, "What you where where where's the, he's so stuttery?" Uh, really, I did not hear him be that stuttery. I thought he was pretty good. He was just quiet. No, he's really stuttery. And he's like, where is the video? And she's like, he's like, is it at a gas station? And she's like, no, it's literally the entrance to where your parents live. Right. He doesn't, to me, did not do a good job. I I was just surprised that he very quickly says, well, the police are probably listening to this. And she is so fast. She's like, I don't, are they? I don't know. She's like, probably. Yeah, she did a good job. And I was like, that's the exact reaction you would have in real life. Is I, are they? Oh, my gosh. She did great. He did not do great. She's a good actress. I maybe have discovered her, but I don't know anyone. She should be a poker player or Katie should do a movie and put her in it. Katie should not do any movies. Okay. I'll, I'll see if I can meet someone quickly on the Internet. But that might be dangerous. People doing movies on the Internet. No. When they say I'm in a movie and I want to cast you. No, that's almost as bad as having bungee cords. Yeah, yeah. In the hotel room. Also, why does Craigslist have a dating part of it? Just let's stop that. I thought they had the missed connections. I didn't realize they had uh, dating stuff. Did you know that? Yes, I did. Because of the Craigslist killer who was killing people that he met on Craigslist. So he reaches out to Adrian. He tries to win Adrian back. What's for, go with your wife and child. I don't even understand. <laughs> just stop. Man. Just like the game is over. It's over. Maybe he's like Darcy from Darcy and Stacy, and he just can't be alone. And he needs to be his own Bugatti. That could be it. I'm not ruling that out. Does that happen to men? Yeah, men can be chronic monogamous. Of course. Except he's a chronic pol- 
polygamist. Sure. He reaches out to Adrian. He says, I'm quitting poker. Can we give it another try? Can we get back together? Because that was the reason they broke up? Yeah, it wasn't at all. No. Was his poker? Sure. Wasn't anything else. She is her own Bugatti and doesn't trust him, doesn't fall for it. Go, Adrian. Adrian! Good job. Police here. That was rocky. It was really bad. I know. I didn't even try. I didn't (laughs) even try because I've done a few bad impressions lately and I'm embarrassed. (laughs) And I've heard them and I've almost taken them out because they're bad. But you had the peacock. The peacock was amazing. I did. I'll cling to that for a while. So that's fine. (laughs) Police hear from another man that is a friend of David's from Vegas. He's a professional piano player. And Ernie asked David to help him get a gun. And David says, this is super sketchy. No way. So then Ernie asked David's performance partner, can you help me get a gun? Assuming that person said no too. We don't really know. Then he asked a friend of his to steer suspicion of the murder onto someone else for $50,000. Where does that fit on the spreadsheet of hitman prices? This You're not even asking someone to... That would be a high hitman price. Yet you're just saying, steer this suspicion onto someone else. 50000 It must be something really bad. Like in order to do that, he must have to plant evidence or like... Yeah, plant evidence. Also, I don't think he was planning on paying that money. He was just going to go on the run. Yeah, good point. But the friend says no. So, But the police hear from all these people. So finally, the DA decides to roll the dice. I see what you did there, ah, Keith. We all saw. We see. Ernie is arrested at his place where he lives with Kimberly. Because I forgot that he's with Kimberly when he was trying to get back with Adrian. Oh, my gosh. I completely forgot, too. And what about these Craigslist women? I don't even understand. What did Kimberly think when he was on the run? She thought he was working. I don't know. I don't like to diagnose, but I'm going to say that there might be some sort of an addiction problem here. That's possible. But that might be letting him off too easy. No, it's not easy. This seems like compulsive. Yeah, it does. Yeah. For sure. Kimberly believes they have the wrong guy. He's innocent. Again, he's made some mistakes, but that doesn't make him a killer. Why does she keep saying that? Why does she keep saying, you know, he's a po- he's a professional poker player and he's had his past. A lot of professional poker players kind of have it together. Yeah. So there's no real evidence at this point. And Keith says, you must be thinking when you go to trial, the defense is going to say, if those shoes don't fit, you must acquit. Hmm. Keith, I love you, soul sister. I was going to say, he stole your line. <laughs> he stole... OJ's defense team's line. And then I stole that. But I mean, if he hadn't said it in the episode, that would have been your title. So yeah. yeah. Oh, for sure. And it probably still is. Is it your title? <laughs> no, I, I won't. I won't steal from Pete. Okay. So they look through the crime scene photos again. There's a piece of paper in evidence, yeah, like in a photo. Also, that paper was collected. So they see it in the photo. They go to see if it was collected. It was collected with blood spots on it. And it was near the body. Near his dad, right? Near the dad's body. Near his dad's body. And it is a warranty card for a baseball bat. But when the police searched the house, there was no baseball bat. And so they think it's odd. Why would they have this? And I'm screaming because it was the murder weapon. Like you thought they were killed with a blunt object and there's a receipt for a baseball bat, but you never put that together. Okay, so it's a Nike bat, like the Nike shoes. 
Did you know that Nike made bats? No, I did not. That's the first time hearing of it. Good to know. You learn something new every day. So the detectives do some smart thinking and they look for a Nike outlet store near where he stopped on his drive from Vegas. And lo and behold, in Katie's favorite town on earth, across from the gas and McDonald's. In Prim. There is a Nike outlet in Prim right across the street. Yeah, it's this mall. So there's no credit card for the Nike. So they think, well, did he use cash? So they check all the cash purchases that day. And as they say in Vegas, jackpot. Mm. There's a cash purchase of the size 12 shoes and a bat and soccer gloves. Oh, man. So Ernie's house of cards, thank you, Keith, is collapsing before his very eyes. So they believe he killed his parents for the money because he was just drowning in debt. The whole family turns against him at the trial. His grandfather takes the stand on his 95th birthday. God bless him. Wow. That means you're a real, you know what, if your whole family. Yes, your whole family. And that means the grandfather was playing bridge in a bridge tournament at 94 years old. I love this grandpa. So Ooh, me too. they ask Adrian to testify about the dub, double life and lies. And so she does. She doesn't look at him. She never she doesn't want anything to do with him. Ernie's defense says all of this is circumstantial evidence. It's a coincidence. Besides, there's that speck of unidentified DNA. That's the real killer. Prosecution says that's just contamination. It would be best if they could have tested all the EMTs, all the people that worked in the lab and like found the person whose DNA that was. That would be the best. I think all those people have their DNA on file. Well, maybe it's I don't then know whose DNA that was. It might have just been a guess. But the question is, why didn't they tell us where the DNA was? Was it in a place that it would like have to be done by the killer? You know, I feel like I said, but now I can't remember where it was. Oh, okay. They say Ernie wears a nine and a half shoe. It's not him, but obviously he bought bigger shoes on purpose to do fake footprints. Ernie takes the stand for seven days, which is a long time, and he's smiling during a lot of it. And Kimberly stands by him. Of course she does. Yeah, she says he made mistakes, but he's not a monster. Kimberly. He's a monster. You're embarrassing all Kimberleys. Aw. Stop it. The prosecution says he's trying to bluff the jurors like he does in poker. Keith sits down with two jury members, these two adorable middle-aged ladies. I love them. They wanted to be on Dateline so bad and were... Yeah, they were... They got to meet Keith Mother effing Morrison. That's my next sentence. They were so... They were not going to pass this up. No way, Dolores. No way. And they have talked about it for a long time. They are at their bridge game right now talking about it, even though it was years ago. And I think they tried to set him up with one or both of their granddaughters. (laughs) He's like, I'm married. Keith says to these ladies, the defense is basically saying that the prosecution is really putting Ernie's lifestyle on trial. And one of the ladies says, well, somebody should. (laughs) And Keith laughs. And it's not, again, it's not the card playing. I mean, I think they use that, but really he's a, he's a. No, I think they mean he's a player. 
He's a the he's literally a he's literally like it's the perfect title because it goes both ways. He's a player. It's a doble entendre. Yes, it is. In the end, the jury decides that there are way too many coincidences. Each one of them could be explained, but when you put them all together, it's like that Kelly Siegler pencil analogy. Where we're in one pencil, you could break it, but when they're all together, you can't break them. He is found guilty. He gets two consecutive life sentences with no parole. And we are left with Adrian, who still doesn't trust people because of him. And with that, I say... Good luck with your marriage, Heather and Rob. Oh, no, they're going to be great. They're fine. They didn't meet on Craigslist. Because trust me, if Robert planned this, he's not him. That's a good point. At all. That's a good point. In any sense. Yeah. You guys are all good. B-roll Bonanza. We had some great B-roll Bonanza. Yeah, we did. We had some really fun. Lots of Vegas. I got real excited. We had those whatever hotel it is where you zip line through the lobby, which I kind of want to go on, even though I'm scared of heights. It looks so fun. I'm sorry. You don't zip. It's not the lobby. It's downtown. So you start at one end of downtown. Oh, it's outside. Oh, no, that seems too far. And then no, no. Remember, there's that. No, no. Remember how there's that. You may not remember this in downtown where the Golden Nugget is and the plaza and all those hotels. There is a over. It's like there's a ceiling on it because they have a light show at night. I see. And so that's where the zip line is. And sometimes you and you can zip line during the laser show. Okay, that's pretty cool. It's fun. You're not that high up. So you'd be and people scream and everyone watches you and waves. Mm, That makes me nervous. Okay, well, then never mind. It's not for you. I'd embarrass myself. I feel like like you'd see my underwear. Are you going to be wearing a dress? You never know. Oh, God. Okay. It's Vegas. Um, maybe if you're doing the zip line, don't wear a dress. Yeah, it's. I mean, it would be the smart thing to do. I solved it. Also, it's insanely expensive. Oh, I'm sure. You're not going to do it. It's way more expensive than it should be. Okay, here's the question. Did you see all the slow-mo stuff? They did like a slow-mo, the dealer throwing the card. Yeah, yeah. At the screen. I thought that was really fun. And then they did slow-mo of someone like stacking chips. It was like... Brrr. Yes. Mm-hmm. That was fun. I like that. We have Adrian driving from the passenger seat. Yes, we do. We see Adrian driving from the viewpoint of the speedometer, looking up at her through the steering wheel, up her nose. Always a good shot. Yes. Yes. I don't think we needed her driving, to be honest. I don't want to criticize, but I don't think... We at 100% did not. We. I would have liked to have seen her on the trapeze. In real life. That would be fun. Yeah. Or the zip line. We have what Keith on the zip line. That would be too exciting. Keith is not going on the zip line. And also Adrian was wearing a dress. She can't go on the she zip, can't go on the zip line. line. Yeah. We see this friend of the mom who was killed, her friend from church, spinning a globe in her house. I missed that. What? It was very not clear that it was a globe. I had to go back multiple times because you only see the corner of it. And she's like this. Like, it's very strange. I'm sorry. The mom's friend from church? Yeah. And you didn't think to mention this as I'm hooting and hollering about no one being Mormon? Oh, right. She is Mormon. There you go. I cut her out of the recap completely because there wasn't time. I had a proposal to do. There was not time. 
the mom did participate in the church, which is like what I said. The mom is religious. Maybe the dad and the son weren't. And that's why they were gambling. Unless we're wrong and Mormons can gamble, but I don't feel like they can. I don't think that's correct. Yeah, I don't. Yeah, it doesn't seem right. I'm sure people are going to tell us if we're wrong. I just don't. Yeah, they'll tell us. I'm just unsure. It seems like a sin. Well, I think there are certain, like we've said before, that all Mormon families are different and all Mormon churches are different. So like in Judaism or all, you know, different practice different things. Some are more lax on their rules than others. Well, and a lot of people look at like card playing, especially like a sport, like bridge and poker and games that like take some skill. Yeah. Like it's a hobby, you know? So I don't know if it's about the money per se as much as it is playing the game. And we see a lot of typing into Craigslist, things like looking for someone special, things like that. We also see... um Ernie's yeah, Ernie's picture surrounded by like gambling accoutrement. Did you see that? It's just yeah, his smiling picture with like poker chips and cards and maybe Mardi Gras beads. There's a lot in the picture that's <laughs> questionable. There's one really important B-roll shot that I wanted to talk about because we see lots of pictures of Ernie. You see him. It's one of the first shots they show of him and they show it multiple times through the episode. I, he's at a poker table and he's He's side-eyeing someone's cards next to him. Did you see the picture? He's like this. <gasps> yeah. Is he cheating? I'm going to try to find the picture because I think you might want to use it. He's a cheater. He's out of the corner of his eye looking at his the person sitting next to him, looking at whatever he's got. That's a good photo to use, Dateline. Yeah. Good job. I was shocked. Good job. Brands unhappy being on Dateline and are now associated with murder. Nike. Yeah. McDonald's and gas stations seem okay. Craigslist is too late. No, Prim is fine. Prim was already in trouble. This didn't do anything to Prim. Although this could be the reason. Yeah. I don't know. I did have one quote, by the way. Yeah. Keith says, hormonally hopped up lover boy. <laughs> That's good. Just very smooth the way he said it. I had one fashion police, which is when he is brought into interrogation. Oh, yeah. He is wearing, well, maybe you describe it better. I don't know what it is. It's a Hawaiian shirt of some sort, I think. It's a Hawaiian slash maybe flames button down, but open with a black T-shirt underneath. It's red kind of Guy Fieri to me. It read Las Vegas Guy Fieri restaurant. Yes. Yeah. I really like flames right now, though. So I wouldn't be as mad at flames. But his mugshot. What was he wearing in that? Does his T-shirt have rhinestones on it? (gasps) Maybe. It looked like it had some sort of embellishment on the chest. It might be just one of those affliction shirts that have all the like Ed Hardy with the stuff going on. Like Samara Frosch's husband. Yes, like that. It was just not right up by the collar, but right down a little bit. I saw like the glint of something glitzy. Okay, I have one important fashion police. That's a question for you. He's wearing sunglasses in a ton of his pictures at the poker table. And his dad is also wearing those gradient glasses, which I'm also not mad at. But I feel like that should not be allowed. Yeah, I mean, especially if someone's bragging that he is good at hiding his tells, but yet you're covering your eyes. I feel like that should not be allowed at a poker. If you are playing in a tournament, you should not. And I know a lot of I've seen it before on TV. Yeah, they do it. I'd be worried if those were the kind of reflective sunglasses where other players could get out of the corner of their eye, could see someone else's cards through the reflection on your sunglasses. 
so on in TV, they put this glaze on glasses so you know it doesn't reflect in the camera or whatever. I, I'm guessing they got that that AR coat or whatever it's called. Do you think that that should be allowed? I don't know enough about poker to speculate. Does it feel like cheating? The whole thing of uh, poker seems like cheating to me. Oh, you are kind of lying. But like also... I don't get how counting cards is illegal because to me, that doesn't seem like cheating. That seems like being really smart and just figuring out the game and what cards are going to be next. That doesn't seem like it should be illegal. Hmm. That just means you're really smart. Good for you. We'll try it sometime. Let's see what happens. You'd be a great poker player. No one would ever suspect you. (laughs) My brother is actually a really good poker player. He used to like make all his money from poker playing and they called him the angel assassin or something because he's like he was really young and had blonde hair looked like super innocent oh my gosh i want to make him a jacket would he wear it he wouldn't (laughs) wear it well maybe like a a bomber jacket a satin one with it (laughs) embroidered on the back ask him with a dragon on the front ask him (laughs) or no like a dragon with a halo (laughs) that'd be great like an angel okay titles i don't have any good titles how about knowing when to fold them i love it I, i wrote poker puns like insert poker puns here. I wrote down so many things here. I too. I wrote <laughs> high roller, beat the odds, bad hand, call the bluff, shuffling cards, dirty 30. I wrote all of these things hoping I would come up with titles. And really, I came up with three eh ones. And I just gave up and wrote what I thought mine should be, which are just like poker puns. <laughs> Pretend Kimberly said poker puns here. Gambling puns. You guys We had an engagement to plan, so we've been very busy. You're good. You're fine. What about a different Craigslist killer? (laughs) The other Craigslist killer. Sure. The other Craigslist killer. Absolutely. But also, let's just focus on the point really quick. He killed his parents. He's cold. He killed his mom. I know. For money, because of money. Also, is it for other reasons? Did Adrian have anything to do with it? Like, was his motive at all anything with Adrian? Like, he had just broken up with Adrian. Also, alternative theory, could Adrian have done this instead? Adrian seemed very stand-up, and she's a trapeze person. No. So we don't think she was involved. No, we don't. Did she ever do trapeze stuff at Circus Circus? No. Only Club Med. You don't know? You You don't know her resume? Maybe she did Cirque du Soleil stuff. Oh, no, I do know. I know for a fact, Katie, because they said at the beginning of the episode that when she met him, it was the first time she had been to Vegas. Oh, that's right. Because she was there for a job? Because she was there for her job, which was putting together conferences. Do trapeze a circus? No, it was a doctor medical conference. Yeah. All right. Okay, hold on. My other titles are King of Hearts, Thief of Joy. And then my last one is, well... King of Broken Hearts. There we go. Ding, ding, ding. Ding, ding, ding. That's good. That's really, really good. And then the most obvious one that both of us missed, Roll of the Die. No, but they Keith said it. That's why I didn't do it. He said die? No. Oh, oh, no. You're right. Roll of the Die. That's good. That's good. I gotcha. That's very smart. That's it. And I think I had one more question that's now gone. About if they were Mormon or not? Don't make fun of me. I don't know why I kept bringing that up. I really got stuck on that for a second. Like I got stuck on yellow suit last episode, which I owe that defense attorney an apology. No, it was a yellowish suit. I know, but I had this horrible flashback of 
someone prominent wearing a light colored suit and people going crazy about it. That was a tan suit. It was. And I'm if you know what I'm talking about, this was not that. This was just that a yellow suit, I don't, with or without shoulder pads, I couldn't tell <laughs> in court at this, that time seemed, it, it stuck with me, it stuck with me and my room was hot. That's all, the only excuse I have. Anyways. Thank you guys. Thank you so much. We'll be back in a few weeks with new episodes from Dateline, right? Kimberly, didn't you hear? I did do some sneaky peeky. I just asked them actually, not sneaky, just a little DM. Sneaky peeky sounds not good, like you're going to get arrested. Sneaky peeky DMs? Oh, no. You guys will already know this by Wednesday, but this Friday will be an episode about 9-11. So we're for sure covering that. No, no, no. So we'll be doing another repeat. And then there's new episodes coming, I believe. So very exciting. Mm-hmm. And they're starting back with two hours also. So that's exciting too. Oh boy. Yeah. Okay. I think the two hours start the week after that though. Oh my goodness. I know. I'm so excited. Robert and Heather, congratulations, you two. Yay. Congratulations. Thank you guys. Robert, thank you for entrusting us with this, one of the most important things of your life. So yes, it's a big honor. <laughs> Hope we didn't blow it. It's a big honor. Did we blow it? Did we ruin it? No, we didn't. Did she say no because she doesn't even like this podcast and he was wrong? Oh, she hate listens. Oh, no. Maybe she hate listens. Ah! She 90 Day Fiance listens to us. Oh, no. (laughs) (laughs) That's no good. We are so sorry, Heather. Oh, But congratulations, and I hope that everyone sends you congratulations. Oh, yeah, on social media. Let's get going, guys. Yeah, for sure. The time is now. Please leave us a five-star review on Apple Podcasts if you haven't already. And please check us out on Instagram and Twitter. Kimberly's doing really fun things on both. And join our TikTok, which I'm starting up. Just kidding. I'm not (laughs) starting. (laughs) That would be so good. It would be so bad. <laughs> so bad it was good. It'd be so, no, just, bad. just it, bad. Just all cats. It's nine seconds of cat that would not do what I wanted it to do. That's why Taylor Swift joined TikTok last week. So she can do cat videos. You could be like Taylor Swift. I feel like I maybe could do TikTok because it's so short. Yeah. That maybe I could do it. If you guys are interested in a date with Daylight TikTok. <laughs> It's mainly cats. I'm in, I'm here for it. Oh, or whatever shoe I'm painting. So yeah, we do one or the other. That's all. That's all we got. Yeah, <laughs> I love it. It's great. Be your own Bugatti, everybody. Yeah, be your own bungee cord. Oh yeah, be your own bungee. <laughs> Bye. Bye. Stay fresh, cheese bags. Why doesn't Shelby just drink the juice, though? Just drink it. She's having an attack. But she needs to drink the juice to stop having the attack. Right. She should have drank it. Drunk it. Drink it. Drink it. Done drunk it. She should have done drunk it earlier in Louisville. I'm Strugs to Funk. I hate Strugs to Funk. <laughs> and I hate Trumps. Because <laughs> they get stuck in my head. And then sometimes it comes out. And it doesn't sound right when I say it. <laughs> I'm Sure, it doesn't sound right when I say it either. For some reason, it sounds better than me. I doubt it. And I say it and then everyone goes, oh. I just remember when Jonathan Van Ness said it, it sounded perfect. And I was like, 
I'm going to say that. Oh, God. And neither one of us are going to. Yeah. No, we're never going to be able to live up to him. 